Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, we spend the evening in the company of Regis Sugden. What could be better? I'm Mick Bradley, he's Tony Smith and live on FM, DAB and around the world online. And now, famously, we're on Instagram. This is the renowned Radio New at Sport and these are some of the local names in the news. And headlining the locals... Fernwood Sword Club's Ethan... Uh, start again. Arthur Eakin with a gold and Ethan Dakin with a bronze at the Under-14 Newham Sword Series. That's a trip to London for them to come back with a gold and a bronze. Amateur boxer Billy Cowling has won the East Midlands uh, an East Midlands vest after securing his second win in as many weeks, fighting out of the South Normanton School of Boxing. Um, he goes on now to the National pre-quarter-finals after those back-to-back wings. The 16-year-old is the younger brother of professional Tom Cowling. Freddie Polak finished in first place in the Nottingham Open. The speed skater finished first in the 2x500m and the 1000m races to claim the title. Next up for our young star, the European season starts. Thought I'd play a bit of this music after the mighty tune, stunning victory over Oxford last night. A good day for Newark Rowing Club at the Peterborough Head of Neen event. Ashley Cowley won the singles, Katie Cooper finishing third in the women's singles and the women's eight finishing first in their event. Paige Jones won the Nottinghamshire Indoor Archery Championships, a score of 568 out of 600. To her, wasn't good enough. To everybody else... It was the best. And another gold medal comes back towards Newark. And finally, Newark Flow Serve made very hard work of beating basement side Selston at Lowfields last night. And it took two Ben Hutchinson goals in the last 12 minutes to turn the game around because of what at one stage looked like an embarrassing defeat. But I think, and he gritted teeth on this one, folks. All credit to Selston last night because I thought their performance was absolutely wonderful. I can edit that bit. Right. <laughs> um, it was it's sort of gold, gold, gold all the way down there, Tony, for our, um, for our youngsters. Arthur, Freddie... Um, and page or all, all, all getting all getting gold it's you know it's 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 the well-worn record isn't it yeah, yeah. but you know it just gets better and better well, it's, it's just um i know on radio newark we try and take credit for an awful lot of these achievements but quite rightly so but i can remember five years ago when we started this show talking about the dearth of talent outside the established uh newark ac you're the established region. Yeah, yeah. Suggy's gym, yeah. obviously. And, and you know, the, 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 the established, you know, top, top dogs in the town. And then and, and in the last five years, we've had this flood 
of exciting talent in a variety of different sports. And it's all down on the back of Radio Newark Sport. That's what we think, <laughs> and uh, nobody can convince me any different. Uh, no, not fast tonight. Dave's not available tonight. Um, and at about quarter to eight, we're going to talk about um, what used to be our soon-to-be-famous five and is now our fab four. Tell you why a little bit later on. Um, let's um, go national, because having said how proud we are of um, our local youngsters... Let's start on national. Lords and Hove will produ- will host the final days of the first of the season in the men's and the women's 100 competition in cricket next year. Um, the women's final will take place at um, Sussex's own ground, while the men are, obviously, I suppose, at Lords. Um, in case you wasn't, or hadn't got a map book out, MCC, there are cricket grounds north of London, and there are teams north of London also taking part in the competition. Uh, the Derby boss says Wayne Rooney's reunion win for Manchester United in the FA Cup fifth round will be special after the Red Devils' all-time top scorer helped them then beat Northampton 4-2. Um, Rooney scored from the penalty spot. Um, Derby will host Manchester United in the fifth round. And remember, all these games are played midweek now because the FA Cup is not important enough any longer to be played <laughs> at the weekend, obviously. Olympic organisers are seriously concerned about the spread of the... Uh, why do the name of virus after a lemonade? I, don't know, I thought it was a beer. Well, beer, whatever it is. <laughs> this is crazy. Anyway, it's apparently the Tokyo Games are, are, are in danger of not taking part. Several qualification events have already been impacted due to um, the virus and um, it needs to be eradicated as quickly as possible. Not the fact that countless people are dying the fact that we won't get the olympics <laughs> <laughs> well that's what this says here <laughs> um they're extremely worried in the sense that the uh, spread of the infectious virus could cold pour wa- could pour cold water on the momentum of the games <sighs> goalkeeper alison was in rio de janeiro striker Firmino was in the maldives it's hard life isn't it <clears throat> You could almost be at Suggy's gym with these destinations. Midfielder Wijnaldum was in Dubai and right-back Trent Alexander-Arnold was in Miami. That's just some of the sunshine destinations the Liverpool superstars found themselves last night when they should have been playing Shrewsbury in the FA Cup replay. Apart from one. James Milner. James Milner, the veteran of over 800 career matches, was sitting on the bench at a Chile Anfield. He should have sat on the bench at a Chile Lowfields, um, supporting Curtis Jones and company in their replay. Not only did he do that, he went training with them the day before, and he also went in the dressing room before the match for a few words with them. Well done, James Milner. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. You don't have to go to the other side of the world to have this well-earned rest that they're all supposed to be having. It just took a, a good leads lad to show how things should be done properly. Once again, you see that's that's l- lack of preparation on my part. Because if I'd known that, I wouldn't have even done the story. <laughs> <laughs> but did you hear what the Oxford United manager said? Carl Robinson said after last night's game, they lost. You couldn't tell which which was the Premier side, which was, which was the Premier League side, the one that won. Isn't that the story about Newcastle United? The one that you can't won. tell the Premier League side, the world class gold of the season <laughs> that won it. <laughs> yeah, go on. The tune are going to Wembley, mate. Well, probably not. 
shouldn't think so at all, really. Where's the shape of Van Hire this season? Is that memorable? <laughs> anyway, the decision from go to go from world kickboxing superstar to... He's going to hit me in a minute. To novice professional boxer... I'm not holding him back. What, no, true. <laughs> was, was brave, but, like Big Brother, proved a great success. I was talking before I come here tonight, and Sharon says, who's your guest? I says, it's Regis. Obviously, first question is, Molly coming with him? No, so she lost interest straight away. I says, it's a bit like William and Harry. I've got Harry coming in tonight. Because the superstar... Chad, of course, led, paved the way in this boxing. Um, we've talked to you about this before, Regis, by the way. Welcome to yeah. uh, Back to Radio New York Sport. Always great to have you in Good the studio here. Um, 2019 was a, almost a make or break because you'd had injuries yeah. that didn't seem to want to leave you. Yeah. Um, you'd made a world-changing decision yeah. to go from the same as your brother pretty much the top of the tree yeah. to right down at the bottom um so at the end of 2019 i'm assuming it was the right decision yeah i mean the thing is for me it was just a case of being able to sort of manage my injuries which i had and obviously the switch to boxing allowed me to do that while they've healed and most of them have healed now but i've also started to appreciate boxing for what it is and it's a great sport um when i first entered boxing I probably didn't appreciate it nowhere near as much as I did now. I always competed as a junior in boxing and as an amateur, obviously, and, and did well. Um, but it was kind of just another thing I did, as well as the kickboxing and everything else. And now I've really started to appreciate it for what it is, you know, sparring with some top guys and having some great experiences over, over the last year and having five fights and five wins, which is the most active year I can remember for us since I've been a young lad. Um, so for me to be able to do that is a plus in itself and... I want to have a sort of a similar year this year and be nice and active again. Maybe even sort of push towards maybe a Midlands title um, and sort of make my ranking and establish it even more. And I've been doing some great sparring with some of the top waterweights in the country and I will continue to do that because they enjoy sparring with me and I enjoy sparring with them. And um, I think the only way is up at the minute. Um, I was pretty much devastated like many people yeah. was when chad made Me, the decision yeah. and then you you made the decision yeah. Ta- no, tony more, on the other yeah. hand sorry yeah go on Karen. tony on the other hand would tell you time and time and time again there's a absolute massive difference between boxing and kickboxing yeah. it, it, it's and i i struggle to yeah. to understand it because i don't yeah. particularly understand boxing yeah but he will, and he, I'll give him his chance in a minute. Um, he he will, he has told me time and time again that you've made the right move. You've yeah. made the Korean move. Yeah. It, it's kickboxing is playing with it, yeah. but boxing is the top of the tree doing it. Yeah. But for the ones of us that sat at Kellamall yeah. many many times and saw you. You're not an old man now, but yeah. you know saw you as all of you as kids coming through the ranks and winning the junior titles and doing everything, yeah. the natural progression was going to take the world on. And it's, OK, yeah. one out of three is going to do, yeah. and I know, but yeah. um, it, it's taken me a lot to get over the fact that you and Chad are yeah. not kickboxing anymore yeah. because I, I grew to love kickboxing yeah. in a way I can never love boxing. Your turn. Well, I've just always been um, a lover of boxing. And... Um, 
through the advertiser, obviously I had to uh, get involved with the kickboxing, and they were great nights. I absolutely loved them to bits. But I always looked upon kickboxing as um, an exhibition. You know, all the flashy kicks and all the rest of it. And through sheer ignorance as well, I preferred boxing. The ignorance, because I didn't really understand kickboxing. And yeah. I, 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 I appreciated the showmanship of yeah, it. Yeah. But boxing, I mean, kickboxing, if you just take your eye off the... If you take your eye off it for a second, you can get caught with a kick yeah. that, that turns about. But with boxing... You, you you're never lucky when you win a boxing no. bout. No, no, I hundred percent know exactly what you mean. The problem with kickboxing, um, as a as a sport, is it's a very broad statement saying I'm a kickboxer. There's so many different forms, yeah. and you'd have seen so many different forms of it <clears throat> when you came to Calamore. You'd have seen some fights with people wearing longer bottoms, which was just kicks above the waist, and then you see some guys fighting in shorts where they could do leg kicks and throw knees, and then occasionally you'd see guys clinch and turn each other where they'd be doing tie boxing. And the problem is with that is it makes it hard to understand. Is that kickbox? That is kickboxing. Is that what's stopping kickboxing? Exactly. Going to Division yeah, One. Yeah, hundred percent. Boxing's boxing, right? It's very simple. You watch a boxing fight, you know what you're going to see, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're going to see two guys trying to punch each other in the head. <laughs> but sometimes when guys enter a kickboxing ring or whatever the fight, anymore, whether it's a ring or a cage or whatever, you don't always know what mm. you're going to see until it starts. And that sort of yeah, there's a part of sort of um, eagerness to know, but then most of it's just sort of like, all right, it's just another kickboxing fight, what's going to happen here? And then you might see something do something like, oh, why is he doing that? Because the last guy didn't do that and, and whatnot. And yeah, that's yeah. the thing that's holding kickboxing back. Yeah. But there was no one more devastated than me when I had to stop doing my kickboxing MMA. It was purely due to injuries and just thinking about longevity rather than thinking about, right, what can I do in the quickest possible time before I can't walk anymore, or God forbid, do you know what I mean? Something like that, and my ankles and because stuff it like was that. getting almost yeah. to a stage where Regis Sugden was going to have to call it a day, wasn't it? Yeah, because I was every fight I had, I left the fight with another injury or with a worse injury or something was sore, and it never, nothing was ever clicking again. And ever since I had sort of obviously the operation which I had, nothing ever really come back anything like what it was. I never felt 100% comfortable with anything I was doing. Um, and I was kind of just trying to kid myself, I think. I was trying to think, well, I'm a young lad, surely I should be able to do this. But I did have some professionals tell me I won't be able to do it again, but I did have some professionals tell me I could do it again. And I think the thing is, you've just got to listen to your body. And my body quite clearly wanted me to stop and to do something else because it was just neglecting everything I was trying to make it do. Every time I tried to do like a heavy kick session, something would swell up, something would be sore. Every time I'd have a fight, something would swell up, maybe something would break it and it'd be sore and I'd have to have another six weeks out where there's no training. And it just, it wasn't the way forward for me. Um, it would be a very different story if I was earning tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds. But I was just about there. I was just about to make the borderline. And the thing is, once you make that step, there's no going back. So every fight's going to be a tough fight. And I didn't feel like that my body could cope with that. So I had to think, right, well, I need to have a serious think. What can I do that's going to enable me to be at 100%? And the answer was boxing. How difficult was, was it for for Dad in, in particular, who, who is on one hand your coach, yeah. um, 
the your promoter and almost everything business wise yeah. but he's also your dad yeah. and then you've got mum who's again probably got yeah, you know in, in two worlds and the wonderful molly of course yeah. would have got no doubt yeah. have sat you down and had a yeah. chat so <laughs> did you listen to any and did you get any advice from anybody was that totally I, you and your body well i think <laughs> molly started was quite happy i didn't want to do the kickboxing in mma anyway she, she much prefers boxing she thinks that i'm always gonna be a lot safer and her excuse was you're wearing bigger gloves it must be safer and all this <laughs> so she's actually a lot happier she still gets as nervous as anything when she's watching me fight but she was really happy so that was quite an easy one but with regards to obviously my dad and my mum it was just a case of a, a mutual decision and I was trying my absolute hardest to get my body to where it was and or even somewhere near and it just wasn't responding and it was just a case of me having to sit down with my dad after trying a couple of times after my operation and just thinking to myself well I don't really think I can do this for a long time and the thing is it's like my injuries got to the point where even fighting once or twice a year was making them not heal properly so it's like you're just constantly working off injections, working off anything you can to sort of get the pain to go away. And obviously, the more you do that, the worse it gets. So you kind of have to just, you have to just think about your body. And it wasn't a case of where, oh, if you carry on, no one told me that I won't be able to walk again, nothing like that. But I knew after every fight, it'd be worse. And it'd be worse every time. It'd get even worse. And even after I had my operation, I still felt pain worse than after that. And I just think, if you're feeling like that after every fight, then something's not right and you just need to kind of veer off and make a different decision. Whereas 2000, 2000, 2017 and eighteen was hard work for you, then yeah. 2019, quite honestly, has been covered in glory. Yeah. I mean, it's been great to have a fight and then feel fine and be able to fight again. I mean, towards the back end of the year, I fought in October twice once and then I got a phone call literally the day after I fought saying do you fancy fighting again in two weeks I've got a space coming up on a show and I was like yeah sounds great boxers don't do that though do they no, not, not, not unless not unless uh, you're not getting paid to win <laughs> that's a different yeah. obviously ball game but <laughs> normally no but because I have a good following and it was literally just this guy had to have so many fights on his show and he just rang me up and I was fit I was fresh I was injury free and it's just I wanted to get as many fights in from March to December as I could and I managed to get five, which is which is great, really, because five fights in nine months is pretty good going. Um, now it's obviously going to steady up a little bit because I'm growing again and I'm building up a level and I'm looking for them fights now where they're going to push me and test me and hopefully that'll be my next one. Um, we'll do 2020 in a few minutes yeah. because we're going for a quick break. When I come back, though, I want to go through the rest of the clan yeah. to what um, 2019 they had. classic occasions where we're having such a chat off there <laughs> um, finding out all about Regis and Molly off there but you don't want to know all about that do you well we'll see if we can get it out of him later um, it was the Newark and Sherwood Sports Awards towards the end of last year and um, you know Team Sugden's a regular visitor to them but the, the, the actual top award that anybody can get in, in this Newark and Sherwood is, is going on to the, the wall of fame that they've got and I think there's probably in about 
was it 12 13 years there's no more than 14 15 names that's gone on to this wall of fame and uh, the name of dean sugden is now yeah. sitting proudly up there yeah. i don't think he knew a lot about it i think he thought he was coming down to hey. cheer on sam hardy yeah. but uh did he make a fuss when he got it or well you made a fuss we made sure that like everyone knew because it's a great thing and the thing is you don't ever get anything better than when it's local i don't think like I love Newark, and if I can do anything in Newark, I'll do it. The only time I go out of Newark is when I have to. Um, and he was buzzing about getting the award because he didn't have know nothing about it. And um, obviously, it's just it's a great award, it's great to get a bit of recognition. Do you know what I mean? And I think for him, it always just like reminds him. Obviously, Newark's like do you know what I mean a great place. There's a lot of stuff going on here, and there's, I know all the stuff he was reading that earlier. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? And to be one of them people that sort of scene like that is great because I just think you appreciate it more you read the back of the advertise every week and there's new people on it you know you go on uh, Radio New Sport and you listen to that there's new people on it every week but the, uh, Tony the the reoccurring names and there's not that many of them from the day that you walked into this town until now there's not that many names that you can say well he was at the forefront of Newark Sport when I arrived in Newark in 1980 whatever it was and in 2020, you're still at the forefront of Newark Sport. Yeah, I mean, um, I came to the town in uh, 1986, and um, basically, um, it was you know the the, the the same names that were the uh, stars to meet then, the same names that today are you know sort of not only have done so much for the sport but i'm very proud to be able to call personal friends you know and it's it's just um it, it, it it's, it's when you realize how long it's been and how long they've been at the top of the tree that you realize those people on that honors board how difficult is it to turn so off the the relationship between he's my boss he's my dad yeah. when how it must be difficult to be fair it it used to be i think when we was young it was quite easy because we didn't take it obviously so seriously it was just kind of we just used to do it as a thing we just turn up and fight and we never really thought about it too much or we always went to school so it kind of broke that barrier and we trained in the evening and that was it but obviously as we've got older there's been like a few times where we've all had to sit down and think right we need to do something differently like because it's getting a bit like too much this way and obviously he is, he is my boss he's my manager he's my coach he's everything but then he's also my dad and getting that balance right is hard but we've kind of done a good job of it you know like on a Sunday there's a rule like we don't mention anything to do with fighting. I was going to say what you know when you all sit around there for you know Sunday Sunday lunch and the subject is not boxing, is it? No, not unless it's been boxing on the Saturday night. But then it, it's kind—it's of, <laughs> kind of something we all love. I mean, so, I know Mum's the real boss yeah. of all this. And, yeah, but oh, she yeah. loves it as well. Oh right. So it's like <laughs> any person that don't really enjoy it that much is my little sister. But, <laughs> but like I say, she's got her own thing going on, so performing and stuff like that. And so if she's doing that, we'll speak. And to be to be fair, most of the talking about fighting anything like that goes on in the gym. And when we get home, it's kind of like it's a good switch off for everyone, you know, because we all work there most days, all day. So to get that switch off when we go home is quite important, sort of, from all aspects, really, and that's what we've sort of started to try and do a little bit more of, because we kind of just find ourselves talking about the gym all the time. So let's move on to your sister, because so often 
it must get to her sometimes that all three brothers are there in the limelight she can't turn the radio on or open the newspaper or do whatever but um she's carving out something for herself isn't she yeah no she is uh, it's weird because like she's never really been into kickboxing she's always kind of been around the gym and she enjoys being around the gym it's just i don't enjoy kickboxing particularly that much and we always kind of we obviously she was more than welcome to try anything when she was growing up and she tried in the horse riding the cheerleading and stuff like that and she didn't mind it all but it wasn't really something she loved and as she's grew older um i can't remember what the first one she did i think it was cats so she just decided one day to turn up at the neurocorporatic society because one of her friends went there so she went and um she had a great time and uh they said oh holding auditions for cats um if anyone wants to come audition these are the times well, and she turned up she got a part so obviously it's kind of like oh didn't expect that but great so she obviously did that um and then this was when she was just sort of finishing a year 11 and then she still wasn't really sure what she wanted to do um she applied for numerous theatric colleges and stuff and tried to do sort of stuff like that and she went to have a look at one in nottingham which she didn't really like the look of that and she's ended up going to lincoln because there's a guy who is part of the neurocorporatic society that runs the course at lincoln um who she, she gets along with and it is really good and she's made some great friends She's having a great time and she was singing live in the Lincoln Christmas Market opening day I think it was or something like that in front of God knows how many people 15, and it didn't seem to phase her that's brave yeah so like that's brave and the thing is that's a whole different thing to getting in the ring of fighting because you kind of got that focus like you've got no focus when you're singing you're just looking out to all these people and it's just like oh, better make sure I get this right and <laughs> obviously she's got a few things coming up that she's auditioned for and it's like She's doing great at and she did a Swan Lake performance the other week and she's I think the Wizard of Oz is coming up soon and she she absolutely loves it. And I, I just it's great to see her enjoying something that's different. You know in ten years' time, don't you, who the real star of the Southern <laughs> family is going to be, don't you? Yeah. I, can, I can see. <laughs> you can see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And good luck to her. She deserves she deserves it. No, hundred percent. And did you go to see cats? Yeah, I, I listen, I always go and see her whenever I can and I go and watch a train whenever I can and She's tried to draft me in a few times for, like, parts and stuff, but <laughs> it's not really for me, so... Um, but, no, she she, uh, she loves it, and it can't, it's contagious, you know? She loves it, so we all love it, and whenever I can, I always try and go and watch, and try if I need to pick up from anywhere, I'll go and pick her up and stuff, and it's just... It's good to see her, like, happy and enjoying yeah. something that's not us winning or us doing something, you know? It's, it's good to have her own little thing. Um, moving on to the one that sat in this studio and called himself Shy. Bailey. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did look round, didn't we, Tony? Very shy. Very shy. He apparently said that he was, but anyway, um, he stopped with kickboxing. Yeah. Um, he's, seems to have got himself well in there with glory, because that two-match contract seems to have, we want hell of a contract now, and he's touring the world and living the living the life yeah, if i've read no. that right yeah no he is i mean the thing is it's just it's turning out performance after performance after performance and even when he's not winning he's looking good so they want people like that you know and it, it is i think is that in the top 15 of most fights ever in glory and that's like mad because i've got over 100 people on the roster so for him to be in the top 15 of most fights is just mad but the thing is they ring up and they say bailey do you want to fight yeah and it's like, never any question, never ask who it is, <laughs> when am I fighting, where am I fighting. It's just a case of saying, yeah, tell me what I need to do. And there was like, oh, you need to get this brain scan, this is that. Yeah, no problem, does it. 
goes out there and fights and puts on a good show do, for himself. Do, do you at all watch the new Top Gear? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's great. Bailey Sugden is Freddie Flintoff. <laughs> yeah, I know. He is. Yeah. I tell you, he is. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, but nothing faces him. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's sort of that's bungee jumping in the car off a 500 yeah, foot down. Yeah. yeah, that's not a problem, yeah. I'll be yeah. No, he is. It, it is mad. When it comes to, like, kickboxing and stuff like that, he is just... It, if you had a promotion and you could pick a fighter to have, Bailey would be that person. Because if you said to him, right, Bailey, we've got this opportunity for you to fight for the weight class above yours but for the belt do you want to do it he'd say yeah he wants to, He ain't got a no in him so it's like is it great from a promotion perspective because if you've got a fight to make Bailey will be in that fight 100% and he's just been offered another fight I can't say too much but he has just been offered another fight which is a great fight and once again it's overseas um, and they, they they love him there. You I know? assume he said yes. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he got asked. He got asked this morning. It was done and dusted by twelve o'clock. So, <laughs> but yeah, he, he, he is just. He loves competing. He loves fighting. He loves bettering himself. And he's still only twenty two or twenty three. And I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, glory's love him because they see him with them for the next ten years, and just fighting like three times a year. You know, getting paid decently well and doing really well, and obviously, as he gets older, he's only going to get better. So all these guys that's fighting him in the top ten of the world that he's doing well against, sometimes beating, they ain't going to be beating him in three or four years' time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Glory know that, and that's why they want to keep hold of him because he's the only person that's doing what he's doing at the age he's doing it. Uh, so, he, he, barring injury and barring falling out of love with it, yeah. he has. He really has got the world at his now. And he has hundred percent. Hundred percent. Who who was that guy that he fought recently? That was uh, that, that I saw on Facebook about a couple of nights ago. Oh, uh, John Morehouse. It would have been because it, it didn't look as though he wanted to be there. No, it? no, he didn't. I think he was very surprised. What a fight that was! Yeah, I know. I know. Well, would you? With that whirlwind oh, coming I, on, yeah. But, but, but the bloke went, oh dear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the radio, so I can't say anything further. Than that. But but just like. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. You can see it on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Those arms and legs flailing all over the place. Yeah. I, I think the thing is with Bailey is, because he's young, I think they don't anticipate him to have any power. Yeah. But he is yeah. strong. But he's just, he's still figuring out, while you're young like that, he's still figuring out how your body works. And sort of, he's never really had an injury, so he's never had to rehab or nothing like that. So he's kind of just is what he is. You know, he does a little bit of sort of strength conditioning stuff, and he just trains really hard. And, so he's one of them guys that can catch you with something, but he don't do it that often. And I think it's mainly because he just hasn't quite. He's still not a man yet. You know, you can still see it in his face. So that's that cheeky smile. You know, that will go at some point. <laughs> and when it does, and it turns into a frown, I think people are going to be worried. You know but, what I mean? But, yeah. but I've not seen an expression. He is Freddie Flintoff. I'll tell you. I've not seen an expression on the, on the, on the, an opponent's face since. I saw a white collar fight at one of your dad's shows at Kellam Hall. Yeah. And this little weedy bloke got into the ring and was going, yeah, yeah, and giving it everything. And then this gorilla got in the other side. <laughs> and this little lad just sort of spent five minutes running around the ring before he got his head guard knocked off and, and, and then the referee very widely jumped in. But oh, yeah, it's the nice. exact same expression yeah. on that guy's face. When when Burley threw the first punch, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I think it, it's, that's the moment then when you know you're, yeah. in, you're in a fight, you can win or you're not, and he obviously. I, <laughs> I can, you want. I can, I can, I can vision, and I've seen you in the corner, and I've seen Chad in the corner, and I've seen Father telling you, and you are absolutely intently listening to every single thing that he said. Yeah. 
I can also imagine some of the exasperating conversations that Dad's had with Bailey. Yeah. So, I think, <laughs> the thing is, we're all different, right? So, Bailey is very, very unique in the way that when he listens, no one can beat him. But the question is, is he going to listen? <laughs> <laughs> or is he just going to make it hard for himself? Because the thing is with Bailey, it's like, it, like, it is just this ball of energy and sort of <laughs> excitement and what and whatnot and just craziness really but when he listens he's a whole different person and he's actually beat better people than he's lost to but that is just down to sort of the way he's decided to enter the ring and sort of he hasn't got if he's sort of having a bad time not a bad time is the wrong words but maybe he's lost a round or something like that sometimes he kind of switches off and he turns into sort of like gets angry, gets mardy, gets grumpy. And then, obviously, we all know, when we're like that, we never do anything right. It's always going to end up being wrong. And he sometimes does that and falls into that little pattern. But most of the time, nowadays anyway, he has started to listen a lot better and he is a lot more focused <laughs> on my dad sort of when he's talking and stuff like that. And <laughs> we've created a few new systems and patterns that he seems to be clicking on better with. <laughs> But a lot better than when he was younger, anyway. The polar opposite of the younger brother is the eldest brother. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mr. Horizontal. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it, obviously, I think Chad is just... is very unique in the way that you never need to say a lot to him. And he said it a long time ago, and it was a great thing he said. And he said it to my dad, and he said, Listen, Dad, if... Just get me as fit as you can, and I'll beat anyone. And... It's one thing saying that when you're, I don't know, 27, 28, undefeated and you've got millions in the bank. But it's another thing saying it when you're like 14 years old. 14 years old. And to be fair to him, since he said that, virtually, he's barely ever lost. So you can't really say any other. And the only time he's lost is to say, I don't know, we take a fight, maybe we shouldn't take the fight. But we ain't got, I and Chad and none of us have got it in us to turn down a fight if we've already accepted it. Numerous times I've gone into fights injured. Daffly, you should never do that. But you do do it because you've got too much pride and whatever. And But Chad's like very unique in the way that he doesn't need a lot saying to him. Because um, he kind of just... He's very smart. He kind of figures stuff out for himself. And he's... Uh, but yeah, like you say, he's literally the polar opposite. And he will still listen, even if he's doing the right thing. Because most of the time, it just adds to what he's already been doing, so... You finished 2019, I'm told, with a win over Kevin McCauley. Yeah. Let him out of home alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. What are you fighting him yeah. for? Yeah, yeah. Um, That was in Birmingham, and yeah. I've, I've got a message coming in. So, which is um, which is your favourite venue and um, opponent at any discipline? What's your standout? What's your standout venue first? Or where you've been from from Callumall <laughs> to wherever? For me, the times I ever fought at Callumall, I don't think I'll ever beat. I mean, unless I'm a household name like Anthony Joshua and I'm fighting at O2 Arena or Wembley, I don't think you're ever going to beat it because the atmosphere in there was just yeah. something else. I don't know what special. it was. It was special. Honestly, yeah. all the shows yeah. I've been to up and down the country, the big arenas and stuff like that, I had never experienced anything quite like coming out at Keller Mall. And the fight, I'm going to say, and this is the weird one because on paper, it definitely wasn't the toughest fight. But it was the fight when I didn't literally know anything about this person. And it was a Scottish guy called Aaron Towns. He's a kickboxer. And I probably had the worst first two rounds I've ever had in my life because I could just not get to grips with what he was trying to do. 
it was a horrible fight. It was scrappy. I was losing. I was getting frustrated. I was getting annoyed. And it's the only time in my fight when I've really had to sort of... My dad's really had to shake me up in the corner and be like, what are you doing? Because I just... I could feel it in myself. I just want doing the right stuff. I mean, it was great. Managed to turn it around. Nick the first round. Won the fourth and fifth convincingly. I think I might have dropped him in the fifth round as well. Um, but that, for me, was the standout fight um, for now because that was the fight when I really felt like... I really felt like I was going to lose. I've lost fights before when I was younger that I didn't really... And I've lost fights when I've been older where I've just kind of lost them and they've been close and whatever. But that fight, I thought... I actually felt at one point like there was nothing I could do. And it wasn't until I just sort of rearranged my thoughts and thought to myself after the second round and I was like thinking, there must be something. And it was just something really small I was doing wrong. And Dad was like, right, when he comes, don't step in, step out. Every time I did it, he missed. And I was like, why didn't I think... But sometimes <laughs> when you're in the heat of the situation, you don't think of silly little things like that. And Because I, I was trying to hit him because he was taller. So I was trying to get inside. But actually, he was actually punching really short. So my dad says, just step back. He'll miss. And then you better hit him. And it worked every time. But it's like... That, for me, always sticks in my head. And I don't know why, because I fought older people, bigger people, stronger people, better people. But that fight itself was probably the one that sticks in my mind sort of the most and um, I can remember most of my fights it kind of takes up most of my memory and my girlfriend quite often will go mad because I won't remember something she told me yesterday <laughs> but that's because it's just full of all these memories from fights yeah, over the years there's something coming in a minute yeah. come on that, that's tactical <laughs> <laughs> Chad's coming of age do you think was the Craig yeah. Richards fight before Christmas does that yeah. an- that announce Chad on to the, the big stage 100% and the right people was there watching Ma- Matchroom one, yeah the, Matchroom the, the, show the right, yeah. it's a bit like Glory isn't it it's, yeah. if it gets in with Matchroom yeah I mean it, yeah it is a bit like Glory but from a whole world perspective it's ten times as big because Matchroom have took over boxing you know Eddie Earn and Barry Earn they've kind of established themselves obviously massively in the UK as the leading promotion but also now in America as the leading promotion and all around Europe Italy, France they've been to numerous arenas and they're establishing themselves everywhere and they are literally the lead of promotion. I mean, you only have to look at what Barry has done in other sports like uh, darts and snooker and stuff like that. It's just took them all to a new level and they've just turned a big corner in boxing by hitting America and hitting it hard and fast and signing some of the top talents. But yeah, I mean, oh, you're just waiting. As a boxer, it's very strange because you could have all the wins in the world, but you might never get the opportunity. Someone might not, not, not like the look of your face or they might just not like the look of your name. So you might never, ever get the chance. But when you do get that chance, it's important that you take it. And obviously, Chad did that by in a draw against one of the top five guys in the UK um, and one of the top ten guys ranked in, in the world by another organisation. So to do that is huge. You know, it just speaks for itself, really. And everyone other than us expected Craig Richards to win that fight and obviously he didn't. So, all right, Chad didn't win, but getting a draw away from home in their hometown, um, on a matchroom show where he's signed by a matchroom. Well, he, he, he tells me a draw, that's, that's a way draw in boxing, he, um, is a victory. Yeah. It bas- but you can basically say that yeah. from the amateur game yeah. through to the professional, yeah. it works the same. Um, I mean, but like I say, it, great performance, great fight, fight of the night, and he put himself right up there, you know, and he's there now, you know, he's, he's broke right into the top 10 convincingly, and also, He's got a big name on his record and he ain't got a loss next to it. So that's like a huge, 
Huge thing for him. Will Sam Hardy be in the same category as you and Chad? I mean, if Sam... If, I'm talking about Sam after the break a little bit, but... Yeah. I've heard Dad say that Sam is capable of going all the way. If he... The thing is, with a lot of these young kids, right, there's not one kid that walks through the door that's not capable of going all the way. It's just whether they want to do it. And Sam's a great example of one of them kids that's just... For ages, from the age of about seven to about ten, he was just kicking about, and he was just another kid, good kid. And then when he turned sort of turned 12, he sort of really started to want to train every night, you know, going running off his own back. And then obviously, he did amazing, had his six fights, six wins, won the national championships. Um, decided to box the kid that won the title at the weight class above. Lost on a very close decision away from home again in Wales, um, which is like a long way away from home. And then ever since then, he's won every fight since. But he's training with the England squad on a weekly basis. He's been out to the European Championships, done really well. You know, the thing is, with Sam, he's just one of them kids that's so focused. And when you've got a kid that's that focused and the potential and the ability he's got, the only way is, is up. Do you know what I mean? You see all these kids that fall through the cracks. We've seen loads over the years that could have been this and it could have been that. But if he stays dedicated... 100% he will be where we are now and probably further because that kid is a top kid and I'd say this to him he has to stay dedicated that's the most important thing if you stay dedicated the only way is up you know he's got so much potential and he had a little injury towards the back end of last year but you know he's back come far and sharp and he might even be fighting this weekend as a bit of a last minute thing but we'll wait and see what happens with that but I, I just think his He's a great kid, loads of potential, got his head screwed on the right way. Looks about 25. <laughs> looks about 25. Yeah. Talks um, about 25. Yeah. yeah, talks about 25. He does talk well. Um, but I just think is is a great path because I think a lot of the time people see our gym and they see us <coughs> and that's it. But Sam's like a great example that, that, of not being... That could have been a long time ago. That could have been thrown at you from yeah. the, you know, it is about... Yeah. You free. Yeah. That's well out the window a long time I mean, ago. No, you got exactly, and you've just got to look at some of these kids that are coming through, and it's not just Sam. And you got like Mikey, who's doing great things. He's fighting in London this Friday against some guy that's like fifteen and zero and one hundred and twenty kilos. It's huge. It's like a monster. And Mikey's fighting him, and <laughs> anticipating him to win because he's a great kid. And um, you obviously got some of the younger ones, Chloe. You got lads coming through. You got. We've got a lad that's attending a boxing college in Birmingham that travels all around the country, been to St George's Park, um, training there, the England facility, and been everywhere. And I think there's just so many different people now that are doing great things because they're following the right paths and they're following the system and they're doing what we're asking them to do and they're seeing the path, do you know what I mean? They're seeing the future. And I think Sam's just a great example of what you can... It's just one of the great examples of what you can achieve you don't have to be a Sugden to be able to do what people have done from our gym. It's just, we've just always been there. So we've had been dedicated automatically. So. And we'll talk about Sam and the remaining members of our, of our Fab Four in a couple of minutes. OK, we started off with a soon-to-be-famous five, and it's actually now gone down to a fab four. Unfortunately, um, Finley Bass can't um, get into the studios as much as he would like um, due to 
due to his tra- training it takes him it takes him away from Newark most nights a week um, so Finley is going to keep in touch with what he's up to but uh, he's not joining in um, our famous five so we're down to uh, a fab four Tony so um, you know I, I need the Beatles record really now don't I but I haven't got one so I, I do but, yeah yeah so we'll have to work on that one uh, we'll start with Sam because Sam was up in Middlesbrough of all places at, at the weekend for an England training camp and Chloe Davis was also up there from Newark. England training camp then, Regis, is it something that you ever went to you as a youngster or is it something that's new on the scene and is it, it, and does it do them any good? It's very new and the thing it does is it puts you in the environment of the best of the kids. So all the best kids around their weight and around their age will be at them England training camps. And it's one of them things that if they stick with, that's where they pick the Olympic lot from. So if they stick with that and they keep there and they're happy with them and they're happy with the development and they keep getting better and they keep winning, then that that is the pick of the bunch. So when they get to 17, 18, they'll be picked up and took into a Olympic camp. And then it kind of goes from there, really. And so the fact that they're in it now is great. But the thing, important thing is now is developing, keep getting better, keep winning, you know, keep wearing your England vest with pride and doing all that sort of stuff and... The only, the only way is up from where they are, both of them right now. It's a quiet time of the year for our, our cricketer, Rhiannon Nolan Davis. Well, you would think it's a quiet time of year. She's training um, at Loughborough on Sundays. Uh, Monday night is with the Nottinghamshire Under-17 girls and Tuesday night is with the Welbeck ladies. Um, she's actually joined the Loughborough Sparks for the Indoor Cricket cricket League um, and on the Sunday the 9th of this month, that's this Sunday, isn't it? Mm. She, she's off to Birmingham for, for the Indoor Festival and the Regional Development Centre. Um, then she's, they are playing Lancashire Thunder, West Midlands, Wildcats, the Eastern Sunrises and the Southern Vipers. Isn't cricket changing? Um, and uh, Rihanna is really enjoying the cricket and she's actually, she's, you know when she was in here, she was... Uh, almost told us that she was she she was with team gun and more which is the nottinghamshire elite squad well we can now say she is with team gun and more and she's in the nottinghamshire elite squad josh burkett played for the um boston united under 19s again today remember josh is just 16 um they played against York City. That was his second appearance at under-19 level. And Josh and Harry Chapman, the goalkeeper from Long Bennington, are off with the under-19s to Arizona next week on a, on, on a club tour. So um, Josh and Harry is going to come and see us when when they get back. And that's uh, and that's going to be memories, isn't it, really? Yeah. So, well, yeah club I, tour to Arizona. To get, to get an opportunity like that at such a young age, I mean, especially not even in your age group, is oh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Um, <laughs> And um, that leaves Zoe, of course, our, our wonderful um, runner, Zoe Smith. Um, take it back a couple of weeks to the end of January. She completed the Not- in the Nottinghamshire Indoor Sports Hall League. And as we did say, worth repeating though, she broke the four-lap Nottinghamshire record, which had been held since 1988 and got the Female Athlete of of the event award she's also been chosen to represent the county at the regional indoor sports hall finals for the third time and she's the only newark athlete representing nottinghamshire and this weekend it's the midland indoor championship tough ass for her because she's got to race at under 15 even though she is only 13 she's in the bottom of that two-year cycle and on the 23rd of february she's off to the england national indoor championships in the 60 meter hurdles our fab four 
and I tell you what, all of them are giving everything they've got to their sport, aren't they? And that's that's you know that's what Regis said of Sam, and it's the same for Rhiannon yeah. and, and Zoe and Josh. If they want to make it, they can't play, can they, Regis? Hundred percent, and whatever sport they decide to do. If they are 100% committed, they are giving themselves a 100% chance to do well. And that's the way, if you're 80% committed, you've got an 80% chance. If you're 50% committed, you've got a 50% chance. And it's a great way to look at it because I just think, if you know in your deepest heart of hearts, if you are trying your hardest, and I know you're speaking about the girl who's training on a Sunday, Monday, I mean, that's commitment, you know, especially a lot of these kids are still at school. So the fact that in their time off school, because I know how much kids are supposed to hate school and stuff, so in their time off school, they are actually getting up and going out and training hard with different people and better people and bigger people. And that is just, I mean, that's second to none. And if you're doing that on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, 365 days a year, you are going to give yourself the best possible opportunity to do great things. Now, it would be unfair to ask you, and it would be unfair for you to even say that um, what Chad and um, Bailey's got coming up, but we've suffice to say that we are it's waiting... Big. We're waiting for some a pair of big announcements <laughs> yeah. com, coming out it's here. Big. So let's concentrate on what Regis has got coming <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. So my, my next fight is going to be on April the tenth, and um, the guy I'm fighting is a very good guy. Um, he's competed already for the Midlands title. Um, he fell short by a point, um, and he is looking to fight for that again. Um, so we're fighting each other in a kind of a bit of a let's see who's going to fight for the Midlands title next sort of fight um, and it's going to be a great fight I'm going to his hometown he's from Birmingham I'm going there to fight him um, because I want to prove a point and I want to put my name out there and we've found out just recently that what these big promotions are all looking for is for you to go away from home and to get a result um, so that's what I'm looking to do in my next fight um, so I'm only going to be fighting once in the first six months of the year so that's literally going to be it for me because like, um, I've got com- committed to a wedding which is abroad in June. Not yours. Not mine. Not yours. Not mine. But um, very, very close very close sort of member to me of, of my girlfriend's family so we're going to have to go there. Um, so I'm not going to be fighting anymore until later on in the year but I want the fight that I'm going to be having in the first six months of the year to be a great fight. Um I'll be releasing all the details shortly, so if anyone wants to come, as always, just contact me if you want to support me, that's great. Um, but it's going to be a tough fight, it's a real fight, going away from home to fight a dangerous guy, um, and obviously, that's all I can say right now. Um, what about the day job? Personal training and that yeah. sort of thing, because, you know, okay, two or three fights a year doesn't pay for the mortgage it needs paying for very soon, no. um, and the personal training, and Megan herself has gone from yeah. injuries caused her to take a different path than what she would have probably yeah. wanted. Yeah. So you've got to have that backup path, haven't you? 100%. 100%. I, I'm lucky. You know, a lot of fighters don't have what I've got, and that's a stable gym that you can teach at and do stuff and, and do all this sort of stuff, and I'm lucky to have that. Um, I work some early mornings sometimes from 6am getting my PTs in when I'm not training that's important because obviously it all works around my training but I try and do sort of anywhere between 15 and 25 a week um, normally more about 20 
trying to sort of get up to 25 always trying to I just like to give back you know I've got a, no- a lot of knowledge inside my young brain and while it's still there I want to give people it and whether that's professional fighters coming through which I do a bit of work with whether it's young amateur fighters coming through whether it's just people that want to lose weight and get fit and maybe just learn how to box a little bit and I, d- I do numerous things down the gym and I just think people have to sort of 80% of my clients aren't fight related most of them are literally just there to either tr- try something new or to lose weight or to change their life and I do do a lot of that and I do enjoy it because I just I just enjoy helping people so for me it's just it's an e- easy easy fix when I'm not fighting Tony one minute on how proud new it should be of Team Sugden well <clears throat> I don't want anybody to think that I was knocking kickboxing um, at the uh, start of the show uh, compared to uh, the art of boxing itself because I've been fortunate enough to be uh, involved in uh, a great many, many sporting occasions where I've been excited, where I've been nervous, where I've been absolutely thrilled to the core but I've only ever been scared once and that was when Lex Easton got into the ring and Dean Sugden had to climb in and face the scariest bloke I've ever met in my life and then that was when I thought, if he can get into that ring with Lex Easton, Dean Sugden can do anything he sets his mind on. Yeah. And what he's achieved in this town is unbelievable. And I've said before on this show, one of the highlights of, of sitting doing this is, is we did a Christmas show with Dean and we got him back in touch with Lex. Mum <laughs> did all the hard work, as Mum always does yeah, all yeah. the hard work. <laughs> and we got his phone number, we rang him up... Um, I know what Tony said about him, so, oh, great, this is fantastic. Um, I rang him up, would you um, come on the radio station and would you talk about Dean Sugden? I couldn't shut him up. Yeah. Those were like two old old mates, you know, two yeah, drinking yeah, yeah. partners. Yeah. It must have been very hard to get subtitles on radio. <laughs> yeah, I know, he's got a strong, strong accent. He has got a strong accent. But I think the thing is, you know, like, when you've got two guys, in any sport, really... And you can use it as Messi, Ronaldo, or whatever. But you got two guys that are sort of right at the pinnacle of the sport. You can't have anything but admiration for the other person. You know, just but, total respect, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And that, my dad always says he could have fought any of the world champions, but he didn't want to. He wanted to fight the best one, and Lex was the best one. And so that's why I wanted to fight him, and that's why I fought him twice. <laughs> once, <laughs> once in Newark, and then once in Paisley. Yeah. But you know, I think the thing is, Le- mad. It, it was mad to fight him in Newark, but yeah. go to Paisley. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I was only a young lad at the time, and I remember going and being like, oh, "Don't like this very much here." Dad asked me, actually oh asked God. me, and this is the funniest thing. He actually asked me to video the fight. He gave me a camera cord and saying, "Can you video the fight?" And I actually completely forgot to even video the fight, so he's never even watched that fight back, which he was really annoyed. But that was just pure uh, excitement, nerves, and everything. And my dad's getting old. What's he still fighting for? And <laughs> we've run out of time. Yeah, no. we're gonna have to come back and see us very soon. <laughs> yeah, because no, I, I, I mean, uh, you know, it's a that fantastic. Fantastic, Regis. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you so much. No worries. Uh, our best wishes to Molly. Yeah, cheers. And um, we'll catch up with you both very soon. Tomorrow night, it's the first E football show when we just bicker about football for an hour. So <laughs> we'll see you then. Coming up now, a very happy Toonami.